It's time. Time now for the Natural Health Show. This is the place. The one and only Natural Health Show. For natural health information and conversations. The Natural Health Show. Coming to you in three, two, one. Visit the moment and listen deeply. Revisit the moment and listen again to you. If you listen closely, you can hear your revolution, your personal revolution. You want to take back control of your body, take back control of your mind. You want to take back control of your medicines. And you have the power to do just that. We're here to help. Hi, Steve Herringer here. This is what you've been listening for. It's the Natural Health Show, where every weekend we bring you new dispatches from the health revolution. This is your natural health environment, built on the belief that our bodies can heal themselves if we just give them a chance. The Natural Health Show's nutrition break with Julie Danilik is on the way as part of our first segment. She'll talk about a cousin of broccoli called rapini. When combined with pasta, it has the ability to reduce our insulin response to the carbs in our favorite Italian dish. This is good news. Dr. Hal Gunn will be here also with his research update, making the link between sugar and certain kinds of cancers. And Dr. Carl, MD, will explore the pineal gland. It's buried deep inside our brain, and the pineal gland is said to be the location of the third eye. Hey, there's lots to listen for, as there always is on The Natural Health Show. Want to send a shout-out to our sponsor for today's show, that is Sisu Vitamins. Sisu is making this hour possible, and we thank them for helping us bring The Natural Health Show to air. You know, we talk a lot about gut health on this show because it's really a hot topic these days. But today we're going to take a different tack on the subject as we visit with a brand new guest who comes to the Natural Health Show with a very interesting education. He is a naturopathic cardiologist. What a mix. Plant-based medicine and traditional Western medical practice as well. His name is Dr. Decker Weiss. He's been named a leading physician in the world by the International Association of Healthcare Practitioners and the International Association of Cardiologists. He is also a best-selling author and is considered a world expert in disease prevention as well as pharmaceutical and non-pharmaceutical approaches to chronic disease. What a background. This is going to be a very interesting conversation, so stay with us. Dr. Weiss, welcome to The Natural Health Show. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. Great to have you join us. And I just wanted to begin our conversation with some background on you. Mm -hmm. You combine naturopathy, which is, of course, the world of plant-based medicines, Mm -hmm. and cardiology, the Western medical methodology of dealing with disorders of the heart. So I've got to ask you, how did it come about that you made that connection between cardiology and naturopathy. Well, well, science made that connection. I just decided to practice that way. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I would. There's no way I could take credit for for the actual science of it. it what kind of happened, I think, in medicine is, in in the conventional side, the models with technology got so exciting. You know, being able to open arteries and being able to stop parts and restart them and, and do things like that, that everybody ran down that path and they forgot about the fundamentals of disease. And the fundamentals of disease are uh, inflammation, oxidation, central nervous system activity, uh, gut health, gut brain health, all of that stuff. And when those fundamentals left, we can get as enamored as we want with technology, but we're going to do a combination of two really bad things. <laughs> we're going to have a lot, a lot of sick people. 
and we're going to have a really expensive system. That's right. And so uh, timing's everything in life. And when I was exploring these ways to practice, I was on staff of a conventional hospital at the time. And uh, my patients wanted an out-of-grade-of doctor. They didn't want an integrative doctor. They didn't want... Out-of-grade-of. There's yeah, a good they, word. I like that they, one. They really didn't want more herbs and drugs and everything combined. They wanted they wanted to be in a natural lifestyle. Like you said, plant-based medicines, things like that. And, and with that, obviously, gut health and, and all that stuff is involved. And, and in essence, in, in, when you're looking at things to prevent, you, you have to get inflammation and oxidation, all these things at its sources. Right. And so I just started to get good at it and, you know, start to talk with really, some really smart scientists and companies. And I've even applied some of those models in foreign countries. So what came, what came first? What came first, naturopathy or cardiology? Uh, a little both. I was accepted to a DO school, an MD school, and a naturopathic school. And I decided at the last minute I was going to give naturopathic school a chance for a year. And I loved it. But right after that, uh, I started rotating through conventional hospital systems. So I dual trained in a conventional hospital okay. system and a naturopathic system all through my schooling. And then afterwards, I spent a year of internship and a couple years of residency and uh, fellowship in cardiology in a conventional system. So I always blended it. And in my goal in life is to find the best way. I, I don't, if it's drugs, if it's surgery, if it's herbs, homeopathics, spinal adjustment, probiotics, I want to find the best way to keep people out of the system. It's the Natural Health Show here. Steve Herringer with naturopath and cardiologist, Dr. Decker Weiss. And today we're going to be talking about intestinal health. And no matter where we go on this program here, the Natural Health Show, it always seems up we, we end up looking at the digestive system. Yeah. Now, where does a nice, healthy, pink, beautiful digestive system go wrong? How does it get itself in trouble? Well, we, we need to look at really what a digestive system is, which is tissue and nerves. And we forget that it's nerves. And the way the tissue works is a lot like certain hand creams. So some creams, you know, you'll see people, you know, rub them on their hands and it zips right into the bloodstream. And other creams just won't absorb into the skin. That's a barrier function. And, and intestines are very, very similar. Some things, some foods will go right in. Other foods sit on the outside. But when you eat poor foods like the refined white sugars and the NutraSweets and I shouldn't say that, the aspartamates, excuse me. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we can mention, we'll name names here. I still don't like it, whatever name it is. And, and, and when we're getting into the refined foods and we're adding stressors onto that, because one of the things we forget is you need to picture intestines as this semi-permeable membrane with a giant nervous system cable wrapped through it. And the weight of the amount of nervous tissue in our intestines is the same weight as the brain. So you have this constant immune activity, nervous activity, along with the responsibility of getting healthy nutrients in and taking waste out of the body. And it's also the most vulnerable system, 22 feet long on average. Uh, and as soon as you start feeding it bad stuff, it tends to get inflamed. And when it get inflamed, gets inflamed, it leaks. It's, Just not, like, it's not thinking right. right? It's, it's not it's, thinking. It's the it, second brain and it's not thinking right. Well, I'm going to yeah. ask you, is, are the issues, we're t like these, these common digestive issues, mm -hmm. uh, are they on the rise in, in the North American population? They are here, and when you look at the data out of Canada, which I, I did get a chance to do, it's it's is on the rise, but not as bad. Uh, Canada has done a better job keeping some of the toxins and 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 some of these modified foods uh, out of the system. Where America, we've done a very poor job. Also, uh, I think just Americans. Um, you know, the work weeks and things, I think we moved to fast foods. So we definitely are ahead of you. Ahead so of so uh, as in, in terms of common digestive is issues, what would they be? 
Well, can you give us a list? Sure. Gas and bloating is your number one. That is your canary in a coal mine. Gas and bloating is not normal. It's not normal to burp and chew tums after meals. And that's become associated with normal here and in a lot of parts of Canada. I told my wife that burping was part of the part of the thing. Just to be supposed to, it's a sign of a good meal. You've enjoyed yourself. But I, I get your point. <laughs> if she says, if it makes her happy, happy wife, happy wife, happy life. That's how I roll. <laughs> but, you know, gas and bloating. And then after that, cramping, constipation, diarrhea, all of these are signs of inflammation. And again, what we need to do is rethink that. When we have these symptoms, we need to understand that our nervous system and immune system are now negatively affected. It is the warning sign for everything else. In fact, if you look at heart disease, they'll say that a warning sign is somebody having chest pain. This is not a warning sign. That's a, that's a sign you're really in trouble. Right. Okay. Right. A warning sign is constipation, diarrhea, irritable bowel, Crohn's. Gas and bloating, um, requiring you know drugs that block stomach acid and that absorb stomach acid and these things in order to get through your day. These are real warnings because that's telling you nervous system, immune system, and digestive systems are all affected. And we having a add, problem. Yeah, we, yeah, and we can even list the bacteria that are associated with they shouldn't be in your gut. And if they're in your gut, you're going to tend to get these diseases. Let's talk about IBS, irritable bowel mm-hmm. syndrome. And it, it's, it's kind of hard to define IBS, or even diagnose it. This is what I'm hearing because it seems to be like a grab bag kind of term. It is. What, it's, what, it's, what do you call IBS? I mean, how does it show itself? Two angles to IBS. Okay, one is the clinical symptoms, which I think this is a better way to diagnose it. Okay, where it is diarrhea and or constipation and or the alternation of the two. Okay, and I think that's the by far the best way to do it. Okay. Now, generally, what's done is you get a colonoscopy. And there were an upper GI and the, the gastroenterologist looks and goes, you know, you don't really have ulcers or pockets, which is diverticuli, but it's inflamed in red. So we're going to call it irritable bowel. And that's that sort of waste basic diagnosis. And, and then you, they, well, what should I do for that? Uh, eat fiber, have Metamucil and go away. Right. right. And come back when it's ulcerated. Right. And come back when I can cut part of it out or snip a polyp out. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. So what, what would the naturopathic uh, view be on this? First of all, it's a high alert. Okay. So again, like you have a good show. I already know because you talk about digestion a lot. It's not the sexiest thing in the world, (laughs) but until you get that locked down. And again, when you look at, you know, other systems of medicine, Egyptian and, and, and Vedic and India, the, the, the gastroenterologist version of those practitioners was the lead person was the smartest person in the room to get that under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, in essence, what you'll want to do is remove the bad stuff and put in the good stuff. You always need to do a combination of that. You know, flood your body with with good probiotics like the plantarums out there. P- flood your body with those adhering good probiotics, which will kick the bad ones out. You know, when you're looking at like the Integris models and, and those things with Sisu, these adhere to the gut lining and they tend to push the bad ones out. But you also can't feed white sugar into your intestines or refined flours. You have to move back to that plant-based diet. So unfortunately with diet, you can't get better unless you do both. That's you right. Can't you, say, you can't say. Can't take a probiotic I, I, and then and then eat your eat your Twinkie. You <laughs> can't have like Twinkie and malt liquor for lunch and then take your probiotic. <laughs> Not that I've tried. I'm denying that I've tried that. I've, I've heard of people <laughs> trying that though. You know, we're going to talk about some other natural health solutions as we continue uh, through our hour. You're listening to the Natural Health Show. We believe that we can take back control of our bodies and our minds by becoming our own health detectives. 
We're back after Julie Danilik and the Natural Health Show's Nutrition Break. Stay with us. Hello, my name is Julie Daniluk, nutritionist and author of Meals That Heal Inflammation and Slimming Meals That Heal. Have you tasted the younger, taller cousin of broccoli called rapini? It has a sweet and slightly bitter flavor that leaves you deeply satisfied. This extra dark green brassica vegetable contains vitamins A, B, C, K, calcium, iron, magnesium, potassium, zinc, and even some omega-3 fatty acid. When you slice into rapini, you create a powerful cancer-fighting phytochemical called indole-3-carbonyl. And I3C helps to prevent cellular damage caused by free radicals that maintains a healthy hormonal balance for both men and women. A study in Japan reported that foods rich in I3C helps to kill Candida albicans. That's the yeast strain that often overgrows when we take antibiotics. Rapini's bone-strengthening properties really come from the vitamin K content. One half cup serving is enough to keep your bones from thinning. A study of 70,000 nurses found that those consuming that much vitamin K had a lower risk of hip fracture over a 10-year period. Combining rapini with a high-carbohydrate meal such as pasta will reduce your insulin response, which in turn will prevent both hyper- and hypoglycemia. So prepare it in the classic Italian way by sautéing it lightly with some extra virgin olive oil and serving it with garlic. To learn more about the power of healing foods, visit my website at juliedaniluk.com. The Natural Health Show's Nutrition Break is brought to you by the muscle ache and pain solution, MagSense. This is it, the one and only Natural Health Show, the most listened to natural health radio program in Canada. We thank you for joining us today. Why are we the most listened to natural health program in this country? Well, because of the caliber of guests we bring to this show, like the man we have in studio today, and his name is Dr. Decker Weiss, naturopathic cardiologist, or a naturopath and a cardiologist. Interesting mix and some interesting conversation we're having today. Uh, Decker, I wanted to know what you think uh, in terms of the stress component in gut issues, people having these gut issues we talked about, is there a a stress component to this whole thing? There is, and it's where stress shows up first if you're paying attention to your health, and and that's part of that education of teaching people that when they have gas and bloating, it's a big deal. It's not just funny. It's a big deal. It means, again, your digestion's off, which means you, you can't absorb nutrients and get rid of waste sufficiently, as well as your nervous system and your immune system. But what stress does fundamentally, and, and let's just keep it real simple because it's not that complex, is our bodies are designed to have an acidic stomach, a pH of about two to three empty and three to four with food, and an alkaline intestinal tract. That's what it's designed to do. When we have that We grow good bugs. We digested functions. Stress decreases our stomach acid production. So we now get a basic or the opposite effect in the stomach. And guess what happens in the intestines? They become acidic. So you flip it. And you're talking about our immune system, our nervous system, 
and the way we process waste and absorb nutrients, that whole system is now flipped. And routinely in drug model, all we do is bind up even more acid and more acid, making that problem worse. You know, even more more alkaline stomach and a more acidic intestine. And so that's why we've had to develop these advanced strains of bacteria, the lactobacillus, to really counter it and treat, try and re-alkalize that intestine. How long do yeah. you think it takes for, once you've introduced good bacteria in the form of a probiotic, how long would it take to, to you know, make things better? Well, to get better, this first pill you take. Now, and of course, that sounds like a spiel, right? But, but it does. Now, how much better depends on how bad the gut was to start. So it's very different if you're, uh, my father chewed Tums for 45 years, okay? So at his 45th year, one probiotic would help him, but not that much, right? But if I got it in his first year, it'd help him a lot. So it depends on the status of it. But the day you start introducing the right things, the, the day is you're starting to get better, Right. And you're starting to offset it. And look, stress may not go away. And so that may be a constant thing. So you take things like, you know, digestive enzymes or hydrochloric acid to help your stomach out. And then you take the probiotic to keep your gut and you defend your health. You defend it from the stress. Now, we hear about the, the gut-brain connection. Let's, let's just uh-huh. talk about that for a moment. The connection between uh, our gut and, and uh, our brain. And, and we also have this connection between the gut and the heart and you being a cardiologist you can answer this is there a gut heart connection there's a gut heart connection in two in many many ways but two specific ways worth mentioning one is when you have the wrong bacteria in your intestines we even know the species now we measure for it when you have the wrong bacteria in your gut it actually puts out inflammatory markers and we know it directly relates to atherosclerosis, arterial sclerosis, directly, not indirectly. It directly puts out things that damages blood vessels. Um, you know, that's one part. The second part is the same nerve that regulates heartbeat, get this, regulates the intestines. It's called the vagus nerve. Now, I think you're thinking Las Vegas. I know you crazy the vegus Canadians, nerve. right? <laughs> what it's happens the, in Vegas stays yeah, in Vegas. No, that, that's it's right. like a highway, isn't it? From, you, from the gut to the heart and the brain. Yeah, it, it is. It's the parasympathetic arrest, relax, and repair stuff. So it's... It, you not only have, so when, once you say the nervous system, that also means immune system. That's the way that it works. So you have the nervous system and immune systems, but that's a direct highway, a direct connection to heart disease, which, you know, are my heart disease patients on, you, you know, like Integris? Do I have them taking a, you know, a really, really well-searched probiotic? Of course. That's one of the first steps that I have them do because it is one of the rate-limiting steps of heart disease. Now, if everybody in the world took you know, the Integris, you know, the plantarum probiotics, does that mean you prevent heart disease? No, but you'd prevent it in a lot. A look at trending news in the world of natural health. Health Highlights is on the way in just a few minutes. As I was researching this interview, uh, Dr. Weiss, I came across some interesting ancient Western wisdom that sees fasting as effective against cold and flu, Mm. arthritis and rheumatism, but also for digestive complaints. This is fasting. Could fasting be seen as a positive treatment used in dealing with IBS? It, It sure can. Fasting rests the intestines. Okay, so when food doesn't constantly transport through intestines, that system has an opportunity to reset. Now, fasting in these days versus fasting 30 years ago is dramatically different because when we fast now, 
we get a toxic load that moves into the bloodstream. And let me tell you, it can be some of the worst feeling. You can get incredibly sick. Now, what you're looking at is different versions of fasting that people are doing now with things like the CSU probiotics. Because what happens is these intestines now don't have a lot of food going through them. So they are starting to pull more waste in. You won't reset your bacteria because the waste itself is some nasty stuff that's moving from fat and bloodstream into the intestines in order to clear. So we've been modifying our fasting techniques. If you look out there, there's something called elemental diets for SIBO. When you look at it, it's, it's a, kind of a mixture of different things three times a day, and that's all you do. But the patients that take the probiotics, and, and I want to be real clear here, one of the keys to a healthy probiotic is it adheres to the gut. And when it adheres to the gut, it allows other probiotics to culture and grow. The plantarum species uh, really started looking at it in the 50s, but the plantarum species is known for adhering and protecting that gut. And that allows when the waste comes in from fasting, when you're detoxing and all that stuff, for the body to really seal that gut off. You have the bacteria adhering to the gut, the waste coming in, but it's not passing back out. It's not leaking back out. Right. What and is that? Well, I just want to finish this. So what that allows is people not to feel sick during a detox. Right. Now, I've heard about people fasting a day a week, you know, pick a Monday and fast that day. Uh, do you think that's worthwhile? Depends what you do the other six. <laughs> you know, it's is like, that, okay. It's that malt liquor and them, them <laughs> yeah. Cheetos. There's but, a bit but, of a theme here. If, if, really if you're trying to be, if you're trying to be reasonable in your diet, you're, you're supplementing uh, with what you think is working for you, but you think, uh, maybe I could give my digestive system a rest for 24 hours. Is that worth it? What I'd say is it's very, very independent and neutral, but remembering that, you know, we all sort of detox and we retox. <laughs> and yep. what we want is our detoxes to be really focused and beneficial. And again, always, always probiotics with your detox, but we don't want to retox so much. We don't want to wreck completely our detox models. Either. Absolutely. Be aware of what you're putting in your body after you're fasting or you're detoxing. Time now for the Natural Health Show's Health Highlights. More with Dr. Decker Weiss in just a moment. It's a hand-picked, free-range, not from concentrate, organically digitized, original program. It's the one and only Natural Health Show. Vista Magazine, Canada's organic lifestyle magazine, is our Health Highlights sponsor, and we thank them for being part of the Natural Health Show. Donna is here, and we are going to focus on how to develop a positive relationship with food. That's a tough one. It's not easy, and everyone is different. But whenever you're planning or prepping your meals, keep these things in mind. Here's tip number one. Make it delicious. Food is meant to be pleasurable. Along with sex, it's one of the most indulgent, pleasurable things we can experience. Yes, Steve, it's good to take a few extra minutes to put some extra love into your cooking, and the result will pay dividends on your health. And you can taste that love, too. Here's tip number two. You want to ask yourself this question, is this harming me or helping me? Ask yourself that question every time you put something in your mouth. It's fine if every once in a while the answer is, no, it's not helping me. But just remember to keep a good balance. And don't ever underestimate the health value of sharing the occasional pint of good ice cream with great friends. And of course, it depends on how many spoons are there. 
and true, I'm not friends because true. a pint is only a pint. Here's tip number three. Sugar is the enemy. It's important to recognize sugar in all its forms. And you know, one place that sugar tends to sneak its way into our bellies is through juices, particularly fruit-based juices, because they lack the pulp and fiber of eating the whole fruit. Our body absorbs the sugars more quickly. So here we're talking about how to develop a positive relationship with food. And here is tip number four. No where the calories are. It's very easy in today's world to effortlessly and mindlessly consume calories. Of course that's easy. Most convenience food is, and I like this term, designed to be craved. And Steve, not only that, we tend to eat it much faster than we should. Before your brain gets a message that you've eaten enough, your belly keeps demanding more food. Let's develop a positive relationship with our food. Here's tip number five. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. Breakfast is the most oversold meal of the day. And if you start your day with a ton of sugar and carbs, you're setting yourself up for a dip in energy mid-morning, which will lead to coffee, more food, more sugar, and a roller coaster that will last all day. Oh, and here's an interesting tip. Number six. It's okay to be hungry every once in a while. Don't hear that very often. We're creatures of comfort, and as such, we've gotten really bad at being uncomfortable. It's good to feel a little hungry from time to time, and it's important to focus on making good, balanced meals of vegetables, protein, and fats that are delicious and satisfying. So there you go. Six tips for developing a positive relationship with food. Thanks, Donna. Thank you, Steve. This slice of reality comes to us from Chef Seamus Mullen in his article for MindBodyGreen.com. The Natural Health Show's health highlights are sponsored by the good people over at Vista Magazine, Canada's organic lifestyle magazine. Ask for Vista Magazine at your local natural health store. Back with more of the Natural Health Show in just a moment. revolution continues as we search for the ways and means of taking back control over our food, our bodies, our minds, and of course, our healing. You're listening to The Natural Health Show and Steve Herringer, along with naturopath and cardiologist, Dr. Decker Weiss. Intestinal health is our topic. And uh, Dr. Weiss, what's the difference between probiotics and prebiotics? Real easy. Prebiotics are fertilizer. Probiotics are the actual living bacteria that you're you know putting into the gut and trying to get it to grow and and sometimes it's a good good cannot you know combination you'll see formulas that'll have prebiotics in it with probiotics unfortunately as we've learned that these higher strain numbers when we get to the 20 billion the 30 billion then the bacteria tends to get killed off in the capsule by the prebiotic they don't work and play well at those numbers together. But what we need to understand is a dark leafy green salad is a good prebiotic. Okay, so uh, it, it acts as the food for right. the probiotics. Right. Uh, when you look at white sugar and white flour, these are great things to help grow candida and bad bacteria. So we need to look at our diet is whether it's it's good, healthy, plant-based prebiotics in our diet. And there's some things that are exceptional prebiotics, things like inulin or Jerusalem artichoke and fructoligosaccharides. I mean, they're really, really good 
prebiotics and and for a lot of people they feel uh, those in combination with the probiotics really work well, but they do need to be taken separately. Yeah, and, and, and you want to feed the right bugs with the right food. Yes. Would you say there's a therapeutic dose as uh, as well as a maintenance dose of, of probiotic. I mean, if you if you yeah. are have if you have digestive issues uh, ongoing, what would be a therapeutic dose? And and uh, maybe once you've got them in con- into control, what would be the maintenance dose? Yeah. So I've got sort of three levels here for you. I'll keep it quick. One is if you have the irritable bowel Crohn's, any of that, the digestive stuff, the gas and bloating, then I would have one. Three up to three times a day, depending how serious the condition is, on empty stomach. And okay, what potency? One, three times a day. I go 30 billion. Um, now, for a maintenance dose, just a person who wants to take it for, ben- for benefit, I think the 20 billion once a day on an empty stomach is fine. The other is post-antibiotic. It is crucial. Crucial. We know the gut-brain connection, but we know the antibiotic cancer connection. It is very, very strong. We know it, We know the mechanisms for it. And when antibiotics first came out, the pharmacists that were really recommending them always strapped a probiotic to the antibiotic. And what I do there is I will do two capsules twice a day for twice the length of time of the antibiotic. So somebody's on an antibiotic for 10 days, they have a urinary tract infection, they take 10 days of a, a trimethoprim, sulfamexal, they take something you know like that. Then you want 20 days at two caps twice a day of the 30 billion count Sisu Integris. Okay. And and again, why we look at that species and the Integris is that gut's going to be inflamed. Okay, that gut is damaged from the antibiotic. This, this is known. You have to get, most probiotic likes to slip right through the intestines and go out with the waste. So you're, most of it, you're just creating expensive stool. When you get the plantarum that it heats, it, it, it has that adhering to the gut, now you're getting that protection. So I really, really like plantarum post-antibiotic. Okay, you're with The Natural Health Show. Thanks for being part of the program. Still to come, our research update from Inspire Health and Dr. Hal Gunn. I know exercise, of course, fits in as a very important uh, at all times in all areas of the human condition. Are there exercises that can pinpoint intestinal health? And I'm thinking say yoga spinal twists where you're uh-huh. you're you're turning your guts around you're you're pulling your gut in and out or inverted yoga poses where you're actually inverting your intestinal tract is this a positive thing or can this can this help oh it's very positive gut, intestines are very happy with exercise because intestines like to move around it's a little weird. The first time that I was in surgery and we opened up an abdomen and I watched the intestines moving around, it's, it looks kind of like snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a weird feeling. It, it was because we were working. We need to get deep to that to work on a, an aneurysm. And so we kind of had to, you know, working in the bottom part of the car. But when those intestines don't move around a lot, they'll start to adhese to the walls of the, the peritoneum. And what that gets is things called adhesions. Uh, there's a couple ways to prevent it. One is exercise. Another is when you're getting a massage, have a massage your abdomen as well. Right. Have, them, have them move those things around to do it. The one thing you have to be careful a little bit about as we age is sit-ups because sit-ups can promote hiatal hernias where the stomach moves up into the chest cavity a little bit. So if a person has heartburn, if a person has known history of hiatal hernia or whatever, you may want to do a different form of abdominal strengthening uh, than, than doing like a sit-up. That's well, the one you now, now, what about doing, uh, as, I, as I said, like an inverted pose where you're doing a shoulder stand where you're basically upside down? 
Shoulder stands, twists, top notch. Okay. Great. Uh, when you arch your backs, we're stretching out that abdomen. Fantastic. And the intestines love it. Fantastic. Back to probiotics for a moment. Have you seen research that, that speaks to the value of probiotics in dealing with intestinal issues? What can you tell us? What I can tell you is, is the research, it's kind of hard to, to sift through because if you research uh, infantis bifidus, it's a common strain that we give people, that doesn't mean that applies to lactobacillus acidophilus because they're different bugs. They're different creatures. They behave differently. So the first thing is when somebody says, a, you know, this product is researched, you have to be careful because if it's if they're just showing you general research on probiotics, that, that doesn't apply at all to that product. So there's a term we use uh, called finished product research. And that means that the bottle in your hand is actually researched, that, that actual bug. And so when you look at, like, for example, the plantarum species, there's well over 10 studies just on that specific plantarum species that's in the Integris bottle. And that's called finished product research. And that's what we get excited about. Because one of the things that natural medicine is criticized for, and it's legitimate, it is, is the inability to reproduce our results. So if somebody, for example, goes into a store, buys a Sisu Integris, and they're, they're feeling good, and then two weeks later, they buy a different probiotic and they don't feel so good, then their doctor might say to them, see, I told you probiotics are a waste of time. Mm-hmm. No, probiotics are a category of individual things. Is that individual one for you? So what I'd say with probiotics is you got to do your homework. And you can't just listen to everybody in stores. You, you, you look on there, if it says it's research, you know, with your smartphone, type into Google, you know, lactobacillus plantarum. You know, there's even the number LP299V species of it. And see if that actual one has finished product research. Look, these companies are making enough money to do research now. You know, like 30 years ago and 20 years ago and even 10 years ago, these supplement companies were small and they couldn't afford to go out and do research. It was just beyond them. So we were doing our best ideas in capsules and we really did pretty well with it. There's a lot of very smart people. We helped millions of people. Now we get it both. As these companies are getting bigger, the public and the doctors are saying, we want research. And of course, it's all, it's all searchable online. It's searchable online. And one of the other things is you do want human strain. Okay. When you look at some of those popular yogurts on the market, I'm not telling you how they culture a lot of their bacteria, but let's say it involves waste products of rats. Okay. And that is that, that you, when you have lesser forms of strains, they are non-human and the way that they culture for mass production, for consumption by hum, humans, I think is reckless. This radio show is getting very, very graphic. We're going <laughs> to have to put a bumper on the front of it telling people to listen at your, uh, just, just listen very carefully. A naturopath, a cardiologist, and a best-selling author, Dr. Decker Weiss, is here. You're with The Natural Health Show. I'm Steve Herringer. Let's get to our research update now from Inspire Health. Hi, I'm Hal Gunn, a physician at Inspire Health. Did you know there is growing evidence that a diet containing lots of sugary foods increases the risk of certain forms of cancer? The term glycemic index refers to how quickly blood glucose levels rise after consuming a particular food. Generally speaking, processed foods have a higher glycemic index and therefore are of concern. 
Limit your intake of white bread, white rice, processed cereals, sugary snacks and drinks, and sugar itself. On the other hand, low GI or low glycemic index foods are better for you. Recently, a large study of thousands of patients has shown an association between a high glycemic index diet and increased cancer risk. There is growing evidence that excess processed foods or sugary foods in the diet can have a range of adverse health effects, including increasing cancer risk. Choose less processed foods and more foods containing complex carbohydrates and lots of fiber, such as fresh fruits and vegetables, legumes, nuts, and whole grains. For more research on integrative cancer care, please check Inspire Health's free online research information system at inspirehealth.ca. The Natural Health Show's research update is presented by Inspire Health. Investigate inspirehealth.ca. You know, it is the perfect time for us to give away our gift basket right now, so let's do it. I've got a $100 Natural Health gift basket to give away. Compliments of our sponsor this week, Sisu Vitamins. That $100 Natural Health gift basket goes to the 11th caller at one 855-333-8647. All you have to do is say, I listen to the Natural Health Show Revolution, and that gift basket is yours. 11th caller at one 855 More with the Natural Health Show in just a moment. Hey, it's all about taking back control of our own health and our own healing the natural way. Welcome back to The Natural Health Show. Dr. Weiss, what do you see as the differences between Western traditional medicine and naturopathy and the treatment of intestinal issues? You say they're growing together. These, these, you know, the plant-based medicine and the synthetic drug world, in one way or another, seem to be getting a little bit closer. Yeah, well, and I think I want to qualify that to the practitioners are starting to all move more towards the middle but so it's not necessarily the drug world accepting this or the natural world accepting this what's happening is the public it is being public driven right yeah it is the public is saying we want the best option no matter what and that's forcing the medical establishments to do like functional medicine for medical doctors and naturopathic medicine to open more schools like the ones in BC and things like that. So that's the kind of thing. Now, now there's still a very dramatic difference. And the very dramatic difference is how we rank digestive health and in the hierarchy of medicine, meaning that when you look at conventional systems of medicine, gastroenterology is a wonderful wonderful profession but let's face it it doesn't have the respect that neurology or thoracic surgery or cardiology has in the medical world when you flip that into a naturopathic or natural model of medicine you can be a cardiologist but you better know your digestion because if somebody has irritable bowel Crohn's constipation diarrhea they can't recover from heart disease there's no way it's a rate limiting step to their recovery so that's still the area that they're kind of, a lot of medical doctors are doing like a green allopathy. They're saying, okay, we want to cut down on the number of ibuprofen and increase the number of full spectrum curcumin tablets. Or we want to, uh, we may give you a, a little bit of probiotic after antibiotics. We read that's a good idea. Right. But it's still nowhere like, wow, gas and bloating and stuff. 
I really want to take this seriously. I think that this is very important resolve it because my job is not just to help you with gas and bloating, but my job is to get you 85 and functional. And, and I want to add one, one other thing to this. So you go into a conventional doc's office and let's say they're, they do some holistic things, but they'll still tend to block stomach acid. And once you block stomach acid, these are omeprazoles and, and again, H2 blockers, cimetidines and things like that. Once you do it, getting you into a natural model that's successful is already difficult because as soon as you block acid, you are flipping that pH. You get the basic stomach and the acid intestines, and now you're working against it. And that to me is a lack of respect. It's well, a again, lack of respect like, like you digestion. say, it's maybe not taking the gut issues to be as important as they yes. in fact are, right? A absolutely. Let's visit the world of immunity for sure. just, just, a, just a second here. Can probiotics be considered an immune support? Yes, absolutely. And not only that, but when you look at like plantarum species, this is the one we're talking about today, we know how the positive, positive event, excuse me, the positive effects on inflammatory markers called cytokines. And these are released by the immune system and things like that. We know the positive effects on natural killer cells and CD8 cells. So the good research that's out there, it's not just, hey, we're getting happy gut. It's we're getting, hey, we're getting happy gut and happy nervous system and a happy immune system and a happy inflammatory system. We'd be all happy. That's a good feeling. That's You're right. You're listening to the one and only Natural Health Show. And I'd like to, uh, Dr. Weiss, do a quick review now of our conversation. And it's been far reaching and it's been a good one. But I want to do just a quick review to see, sure. uh, you know, again, talk about the, the proper probiotics and what they can do for our intestinal health. Proper probiotics and proper flora, microbiome, gut is your first and best defense for disease and poor aging. It's your, your first and best defense because when we think of intestinal tract, we shouldn't just think about how it's there to absorb nutrients and collect waste, but we always had to have two components onto it. It's a major part of the nervous system and the immune inflammatory system. So when you are thinking about which probiotics to choose in order to protect yourself, you want all four of those components. You want an irritable bowel piece of research. You want an immune system piece of research. You want a nervous system research. You want inflammatory research. And when you look at plantarum species like the Integris, you get all four of those because it's a research finished product. It is not like, hey, probiotics are a good idea, I'll eat yogurt. No, this is this is natural <laughs> medicine. This is 10 studies you know, over, over 10 years. This is many, many studies specifically on the species. But you think about prevention and cure, and you have to go to gut for prevention and cure, especially with my background as a cardiologist. Let's talk about your background just as we close today. You've had... Well, it's a, it's a very unique educational <laughs> experience. I've never talked to a guy who is a naturopath and a cardiologist. Uh -huh. So I'm curious to hear uh, your response to my next question, my last question, really. Sure. I want to know if there's a specific misconception that the public has about natural health that you would like to clear up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> In baseball, we call that a hanging curveball. <laughs> uh, Take a swing at the it. The misconception is that when you're really, really sick, you should go to only conventional models. And that's the complete opposite. When you're very, very sick, cancer, heart disease, 
autoimmune disease, MS, uh, these terrible, terrible debilitating things. The illusion is you should only jump into conventional medicine because that's our safety spot. That's what we all grew up with. And natural mm -hmm. medicine is just starting to come back. It's the complete opposite. Now, I'm not saying you abandon conventional medicine. Look, if you have a big tumor, a lot of times you got to cut it out. Okay. But for cancer and heart disease, it's an immune system issue. And so you can't fix the immune system conventionally. You can only fix the immune system naturally, probiotics, natural anti-inflammatories, all that. So that to me is the biggest misconception. And I think if you're going to use that integrative word, when you're really, really sick, you have to at minimum be integrative in order to get over it and sometimes get completely out of that system to recover. That's a very interesting comment. So in, in, in other words, it's kind of a, a good idea to have a traditional uh, medical doctor and have a naturopath as well, because then you're going to get both sides. You're going to get yeah. a couple of opinions. And never turn off your own brain. If one or the other is saying to you something that you just, it doesn't work for you, either get a different doctor or say no. And, and nobody, we'll never as doctors know your health like you should know it. And that's the importance of your show is you're bringing all these different issues to light. You're bringing experts in so people can make their own decisions. Healthcare, whenever you have a, a serious problem, you should always create a team. You've got your natural doctor and conventional, you get all these opinions. And then with you and your family or your, your priest or your rabbi, whatever it is, you make your best decision based on it and you go for it. And, and that's all in the people who do that, by the way, they're the ones who almost always in fact, I'll say always get the best result. Always do. Dr. Weiss, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a fantastic conversation, and I can't wait to get you back. <laughs> My honor, and uh, it, it's been a pleasure, and thanks for, for letting me go into depth on these subjects and giving me plenty of time to do that. This is The Natural Health Show, where every time we hit the air, we make a point of bringing our listeners the views and opinions of top-notch natural health practitioners. We're taking back control of our health one show at a time, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this one. I'm Steve Herringer. My guest has been Dr. Decker Weiss, a naturopath and a cardiologist. He joined us from Phoenix, Arizona, back with final messages right after The Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies. Stay with us. Time now for the Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies. A look at current research-based therapies that are making a difference. Radical Remedies is brought to you by VitaRock.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Carl, Medical Director at VitaRock.com. The pineal gland and fluorinated water. The pineal gland, which is also known as the third eye, is situated at the center of the brain where the two hemispheres meet. The pineal gland produces melatonin, the hormone that initiates and maintains sleep. As we age, the pineal gland calcifies, something which may diminish its function. This may explain why so many elderly people suffer from insomnia. This process of calcification has been linked to an increased intake of fluoride, which makes sense, because fluoride binds to calcium, rendering it a solid. Fluoride is added to our tap water because of its tooth decay prevention claims. But recent studies suggest that it's actually calcium that protects teeth and bone. In fact, a high fluoride and low calcium intake can actually cause tooth decay. The fluoride that is added to tap water is even more dangerous than fluoride itself. It is actually an industrial waste product called hydrofluorosilinic acid that is regulated by the Canadian Environmental Protection Agency as an environmental pollutant and water contaminant. There is also increasing evidence that fluoride and calcium work together to harden arteries, which is one of the leading causes of heart attacks. The pineal gland is not all about melatonin. 
It is also the main producer of a substance called dimethyltryptamine, or DMT. The substance is prevalent in plants and animals. Its role is still unknown, but it is highly hallucinogenic and released in large quantities during our birth and physical death. Makes you wonder what else the pineal gland has to offer. I'm Dr. Carl, MD. The Natural Health Show's Radical Remedies is brought to you by VitaRock.com. Big thanks to our guest, Dr. Decker Weiss, and to our sponsor this hour, Sisu Vitamins. Sisu has made this program possible, and we thank them for helping us bring this show to air. Also, thanks to Pat Glover and John Rothorn, who help us put this show together, as well as my lovely program co-creator, Donna. You can visit this and all of our past programs by simply visiting our website. It is thenaturalhealthshow.ca. We're also on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. So look for us online. You'll also find us on City TV in Ontario and BC with your Natural Health Minutes. Hey, we're on air and online everywhere. Don't forget about us on this upcoming Easter weekend. We'll be hopping on air right here as usual, so don't miss us. It's all good every weekend right here. The revolution continues. Be well and be back next time for more of The Natural Health Show. I'm Steve Herringer. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to remind yourself today of all the good things you've done and continue to do to make this world a beautiful place. You make valuable contributions each and every day. Not only are you extremely good looking, but it's you that make this show go. And we thank you. Talk soon.